Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. by the content of the music or singing or even the preaching tonight. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. This same presence, this same Spirit was what was evident in Genesis 1 when he said, let there be light. And there was light. This same presence that we feel is the same exact presence that was present at the tomb of Lazarus when he said, come forth. Amen. Amen. What a great and mighty God. What a great and mighty God we serve. The book of Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42. I think there's something so powerful, something so incredible about just visiting and revisiting the bedrock of um, what and who we are. The book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse number 42, we're going to pray for our youth. They have service tonight. They're exiting the building and going to be in the annex. Pray that God will move in their midst this evening. The book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse number 42. And the Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and with the help of the Lord, I'm going to teach on something I've taught on many times before. I hope that um, we're not just talking about something to be talking about it, but revisiting something that I think is so vitally important, especially today, especially today. Amen. And that is the importance of doctrine, the importance of doctrine. We're going to, in other words, we're going to talk about how important foundation is to where we are today. Amen. The importance of doctrine. And so... Even though I may have talked about the same subject, probably even with a similar title, amen, it's not the same message. And so let's just let the Lord touch us today. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. What a privilege to be in his presence and to have you here tonight. Amen. Amen. We must be ready when Jesus returns. We must be ready. There will not be a more important meeting. There will not be a more important appointment. We must be ready to meet the Lord. Amen. So I want to talk tonight about the importance of obeying the word of God that prepares us for that trip. Amen. Somewhere along the line, we have to understand that just going to church is not enough. We can't just walk in the building and participate in even the services songs or ministries or programs of the church somewhere 
we have to understand that just simply going to church, it takes more than that to serve as a prerequisite to go to heaven. Amen. Jesus said that we need to search the scriptures because it's in them. Amen. It is in them we have eternal life. And so we must examine the word of God. And as we begin to search the scriptures for ourselves, as we begin to search that for ourselves, we realize that there are some things that are mandated from us. Amen. God is expecting something from his people. We realize that just... In other words, confessing the Lord with our mouth or believing with our heart is not enough to make heaven our home. Simply calling on the Lord, not enough to make heaven our home. In the book of Luke chapter six and verse 46, Jesus said this. He said, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Amen. Why do you call me Lord and yet you don't obey my word? And obviously from that, he is not in control or does not have the lordship of our lives. And so by this, we know that being right with God is more than just saying something with our lips. And so in this passage of scripture, he said, why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? So I think there is more than an implication here that we have to do some things. We have to do some things. It's not just a matter of saying, I believe. And so when we're talking about going to heaven, some people say, or even perhaps act as though that going to heaven is easier than just joining some club. Amen, I've heard it almost portrayed it would be easier to get to heaven than it would be getting the Boy Scouts according to some. But when you start looking at scripture, we see that getting to heaven, if we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, let me rephrase that, pardon me for that. But when we get to heaven, we need to understand one thing, it will be because we have been very intentional about this journey. Not just something that we took a cavalier approach to and and a case sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. We're gonna to have to be very intentional, not just one time at a revival service or a camp meeting service, but we're gonna to have to be very intentional every day of our life. Amen, I could ask you how many were intentional today in your journey with God, and I believe our hands would go up that we thought about this. I wanna be careful. I want to watch what I think about and be careful what I deal in and be careful where I go and what I do. I want to be careful in my life and my thoughts because I want to make heaven my home. Many people today are confused and rightly so. Some people don't know what is right. There are so many things preached, so many different churches and so some say we don't really know what to do. But I believe scripture has an answer for us. Amen, I believe the word of God has an answer for us. We are not left to the whims of men or to the thoughts and the ideas of tradition. We are not left to wonder on our own, but the word of God will guide us, amen? The book of John chapter seven and verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Amen. We need to have a living relationship with the Lord. And in doing so, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. 
And there's gonna be something in our spirit that agrees with that. And so if we want to know and do more of God's will, then we have to understand more of his word. Isaiah 30 and verse 21 said, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. (laughs) Amen, there's gonna be a spirit of the Lord that confirms that we are in the right way and the right path and we are walking in the right direction. And so when we wanna know the truth of God's word, God will not hide himself from us. I taught a little bit doctrinally Sunday morning or somewhat doctrinally Sunday morning and so God's not trying to hide himself from us. He wants to reveal himself to people who sincerely and humbly seek after him. And he will give us then not only the uh, the ability to see his word, but can I promise you tonight that he will also give us the strength to walk in his word. Amen. He will give us the strength. Some people say, well, living for the Lord is too hard. And the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so we need to not let the enemy convince us that this is too high of a hill to climb to sheer of a mountain to conquer. He will reveal himself and he will strengthen us for the journey. He does not call us and never then equip us. The Bible says in John 8 and 31, and then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, here here is this prerequisite here, if you continue in my word, then Are you my disciples indeed? And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You're gonna know the truth and the way you're gonna know the truth is because you're in a living relationship with the truth. Amen, Isaiah, again, thine ears are gonna hear the word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk in it. There is something that will confirm in our heart and in our spirit that we are walking in his way and in his will. So two things are required for us to know what is right. First, we must want to know. There has to be a desire. I would submit to you tonight that there are some people that don't want to know anything any different. They just want to walk in the path that they are in. I remember several years ago, I was talking to someone about uh, a little law that had changed uh, from one year to the next. And, and uh, in his innocence, he said, oh, don't, don't tell me that. Don't say that. <laughs> whether I say it or not it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you can't unhear it as a matter of fact from this moment forward but whether I say it or whether you try to unhear this is not going to erase it out of the law book and so we have to want to know I want to know I want to search him out secondly I think that we must continue to search. I think that we need to be open to the spirit and the word of God. I want to grow in him. Amen. The Bible says that, uh, that he said that if you continue in my word, there's something about continuing in his word to grow. I don't want to just learn enough to get started, but I want to learn enough to understand him, to get to know him and to, and to, to love him over and over again. And so if we continue, the Bible says, then we will know the truth. And I need to be honest with you this evening and tell you that getting to heaven is not an accidental trip. You're not just gonna one day wake up in heaven and think, how in the world did I get here? Amen, this is going to take, I don't want you to think I'm painting anybody's world gray or trying to be negative, but I have a mandate upon my life tonight to be honest. 
You're not just going to wake up in heaven and be bewildered that you got there. Amen. I'm going to be thankful that I got there, but I'm going to be intentional about this thing. And if I've always said, if, if not if, but when I fall, I want to be leaning in the right direction that I fall toward him and fall toward grace. Amen. Some uh, say today, and I'm not being unkind, but I have to be truthful. Some say just raise your hand or just confess this to the Lord with your mouth or just repeat the sinner's prayer. But I have a mandate upon my life tonight to tell you that there is more to this journey than just slipping your hand up or just repeating a few words that somebody told you repeat. There is a living relationship that goes along with this. Amen. I, I don't want you to misunderstand me and think that I'm telling you that heaven is an impossibility. It is not, amen, but it is again, I'm using the same word, it's something we're gonna have to be intentional about. Amen, I wanna be intentional. And so God is going to help us to know what it takes, not only to get ready, but God will help us to know what it takes to stay ready. And so if we observe the scripture that says, then what the scripture says, then we will know that we have to obey the doctrine or the fundamental uh, root of the scripture in order to be saved. We have to obey doctrine that is outlined for us in scripture and just merely saying something is not going to be sufficient for the day. It takes, faith is absolutely something we've got to have. We must believe. Have you believed since you received? We must believe. We must have faith. But it takes more than just faith and it takes more than just believing. Amen. That faith and what we believe has got to be put in action. Amen. If you believe it's the right thing to get up and go to work and provide for your family and you just stay on the couch eating Cheetos and watching television all day, there's a conflict. I believe, I believe. I'm not trying to be cynical, but I'm telling you that somewhere our lives, our, there's got to be some action that follow our words. I believe this, therefore I'm setting the alarm. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna be on time, I'm gonna give a day's work for a day's wage. I'm gonna do this because why? This is what I believe to be fundamentally true. And so I am going to give that. We're going to have to obey that. And so when we do that, we have to do more than just say something with our lips. We put it in action because faith without works is dead. It is not enough to have faith alone. It's not enough to have belief alone. There are a lot of people that have faith. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people that believe. There are people tonight in bar rooms that believe with all of their heart. They know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you're baptized, you need to be baptized according to Acts 2.38 in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. They believe that you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and that that evidence and the evidence of that experience, the initial evidence of that experience is going to be speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Not as the church teaches or somebody repeats to you or says to you, but the the Spirit is going to move and be a part of that. It's not enough to believe. There are people that believe that, but they're not practicing that. Amen. They believe it, but they're not practicing that. And so they're not acting on what they believe. The devil has faith, and the devil believes. Amen. The Bible says he believes and trembles, but it takes more than just believing. It takes more than just saying some things. It takes doing, and it's faithfulness to the scriptures, and, and it's faithfulness to the teaching of the scripture and God's word that will save us. I just want to tell you tonight, again and again and again, doctrine is important. It matters what you believe. 
We are living in a very dangerous, a very alarming hour. There are many professing Christians today that have no doctrine. It doesn't matter to them how you baptize any way you want. You do whatever you want to do and, and uh, you believe this way and I'll believe this way and we'll just all join together at, at, at some other point in time. But there's more to this than just that. Amen. We need to fall in love with the teaching of the word of God. Amen. I'm thankful for the preached word of the Lord. I'm thankful for demonstrative displays of his spirit. I'm thankful for the teaching of God's word or the preaching of God's word that ignites a flame in our heart. Amen. Ezekiel said of the word of God, it was like fire shut up in his bones. He couldn't contain it. Jeremiah thought that he would just set it aside for a little while and take a break, but he realized I can't do it because it's just burning in my spirit. And so I'm thankful for that burning preaching word of God that comes our way. But I also want to tell you that there are times that we need to slow the horse down and we need to talk about and just teach and get some things in our heart, get some things settled in our mind, in our, in, in our spirit. Amen. We, we are facing a lot of things today. That's why we need to fall in love with the teaching of the word of God. Isaiah asks a very pointed question and then he gives a very specific answer to the question that he asked. All of this unfolds in Isaiah 28 and 9. The Bible says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? There's the questions. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? He turns around and answers that and he says, Them that are weaned from the milk and are drawn from the breast. That means sometimes people have to wean themselves from certain things in order to get to where God wants us to grow and be. Amen. I've got to wean myself from some things. You can't embrace false doctrine and then get anything new from God. You've got to empty yourself out. I've got to empty myself out if I'm going to get something new from the Lord. Matthew 9 and 17, Jesus said, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. If we're gonna, if we're gonna get something new from the Lord, we need to dump out what's there, amen? We need to dump out the old, amen? We need to empty and be an empty vessel to receive something new from the Lord and therefore I need to be weaned from some things. Amen. If, and if I mentioned a moment ago, if you're a member of various clubs, and I know some people are members of hunting clubs or whatever kind of thing, it takes a lot of effort to be a part of that. <clears throat> years ago, there was a local hunting club here. There was several years long waiting list just to get in the club. If you wanted to get in the club, then it took money to get in the club. And there were rules and regulations of the club or you'd get kicked out of the club. Am I right? Sure. And so some people think just going to heaven for all of eternity requires nothing. It just requires nothing. Just do this and say that and touch here and wave there and everything's going to be all right. But friend, there's more to this. We're talking about eternity. And someone said eternity is too long for us to be wrong. I need to make sure that I've got my hand upon the word of God. And so from our text, we are told that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. The scripture says they continued steadfastly 
in the apostles' doctrine. Let's look, let's look at that and consider a few things as we move along here this evening. I think the first thing is that, that right doctrine will save us. Amen. That's what we find from this scripture. And that leaves the, that leaves the other side of that coin that wrong doctrine will cause us to lose out with God. And so we need to make sure that we have the right doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I'll, I'll mention this again in a moment, but the apostles' doctrine was what was born on the day of Pentecost. And so this was, they, they didn't just continue in the opinions of a few men. They continued in the outpouring of what took place on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says in Romans six seventeen, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Amen, that ye were, there's the key word, amen, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. And so before we got the Holy Ghost, before we were baptized in his name, we did all kind of things that were not conducive to going to heaven. But Paul said, God be thanked that he pulled us out of that pit. Amen, I'm preaching to people tonight, teaching and talking to people tonight that can say, yes, he did. He pulled me out. God be thanked that he pulled me out of that pit. But God be thanked that we've obeyed from our heart that form of doctrine that was delivered from us. And so doctrine is what's going to save us. The Bible says that we shouldn't have fellowship with workers of darkness, but we should rather reprove them. Amen, now we need doctrine to draw a line between the difference of what's right and what's wrong. You need doctrine to put a difference between what's clean and what's unclean. We need doctrine to put a difference between light and darkness. We need doctrine. We need to know where the line is. I can appreciate anyone reaching for people. That's what the church ought to be doing. Amen. We ought to be reaching with everything that we have. However, when we realize that our life, in, and by that I mean our testimony, and our instructions are our life and what we are saying with our life and what we are saying with our lips, when we realize that that is not changing that person, there needs to be a line. Amen. There needs to be a line drawn. At some point, our fellowship is gonna become a stamp of approval for their lifestyle. That's what John said. When you continue to bid God's speed, you become a partaker of their sins. Amen. I don't want you to misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about being unkind or mistreating anyone or trying to create and develop and cultivate a spirit of holier than thou. Nothing could be further from my thoughts in that regard. And I would hope that I wouldn't have to clarify that. But I'm gonna tell you tonight that there should be a line that separates right and wrong, light from darkness, good from evil. I believe that people ought to feel convicted about their sins when somebody with the Holy Ghost is in their presence. And so if they can continue to tell their dirty jokes and continue to drink their beer and continue to do all this and, and your presence somewhere, we're gonna have to draw a line and say that light cannot have fellowship with this darkness. Amen, I'm not talking about friendship. I'm not talking about any of that. I think you get it, amen. But we need to understand that that may be a great sign that it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to move on. I'm gonna tell you that the word is a separator. This truth will separate, amen, yes it will, amen, it will, it will separate. And again, I'm not talking about being rude or unkind or having a bad spirit, but there is a distinct difference between light and darkness and if you don't believe me, we'll just get the ushers to go turn the lights off in this house. 
And it won't take but mere seconds to realize there's a big difference between light and darkness. And God intended for it to be. There's a clear line of separation. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And so when we are taking heed to ourselves, when we are ourselves taking heed to the doctrine, when we are continuing in them, we're not just saving ourselves. We're not just helping ourselves, but we're helping everybody that hears us, wherever that word continues to go. You just never know, amen, when you plant a seed, where that seed is gonna come up. Cast your bread upon the water. When you cast your seed upon the water, you never know where the winds of time or the winds of circumstance is gonna take that seed. I'm gonna tell you tonight that the Lord can allow that seed to come up in some of the most unlikely places. And so when we take heed, I believe in that the scripture is saying when you are careful to follow this, amen, when you walk closely and you continue in them, you're not just saving yourself, but you're saving those that hear you. I believe tonight you did not come to find and and hope to find somebody standing behind this pulpit, whoever it may have been, to just stand here and play patty cake. But I believe that you came tonight desiring that someone, whoever it would be, would walk, amen, and talk about the word of God and stand upon that. Why? Because I'm not just helping myself tonight, but I'm helping you, amen, and if you were here doing this tonight, you wouldn't just be helping you, but you would be helping me. Hallelujah. We're gonna help all who hears us. We're gonna help hear all who hears us. In doing so, you're gonna save yourself and them that hear, hear you. And so there's, again, something implied by this scripture that if you don't do those things, that not only are you gonna hinder yourself, but you're gonna hinder those around you. Amen. What would eternity be if someone came up to us and said, why didn't you tell me? How haunting would that be? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Doctrine is so important. If we don't emphasize it, we're gonna lose out. Paul told Timothy, pay attention, observe. Amen, talk about it, teach, continue. The doctrine will show you the mighty God in Christ. I taught about that Sunday. Doctrine will let you know that he is both the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the beginning, amen. He was the beginning from the beginning and he is, amen, going to be the ending. He is the God that was, that is, and that is to come. He is the almighty. Secondly, when we preach, we must preach that there is no other doctrine because once God has revealed himself to us, amen, we must settle ourselves, amen, and just begin to preach that and that alone. Paul said to Timothy in 1 and 3, he said, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus and when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Amen. He said, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Amen, I I don't wanna get into it tonight. It may sound too mystical for some, but I remember receiving, amen, I I remember receiving not just from from a man, but from the Lord, a a very divine charge. I felt like 
that Paul was speaking to Timothy and charging, amen, that you would teach no other gospel. Amen. I'd only preached one time. I'd only preached one sermon. I was 19 years old. Amen. I went to tell somebody and share that experience with someone that I truly revered who was actually on their deathbed. And I'm going to tell you there was an apostolic amen. There was a divine there was a powerful charge. Amen. To preach no other doctrine. Commit yourself. Amen. I don't think this was just a man thing. Follow me now. Because sometimes people say, well, we just got to find an easier way. Don't you think in 34 years of preaching that I haven't been told, if you'd lighten up a little. If you'd just move the line a little. Amen. Please don't kid yourself into not believing that somewhere along the line, I've heard that more than once. Amen, if you just kind of just blur that line, turn your head, just kind of be quiet about this or be quiet about that. But I'm gonna tell you, not every path leads to the Lord and not every path leads to heaven. Amen, you hear people today teaching all kinds of things, all kinds of things. So, amen, we just pray, God, anoint us. Amen, I, I'm asking you tonight, amen, I don't want you to pray that God would give me a mansion on a hill. I'm not asking you for God, to, for you to pray and join with me that God would give us $100 million but I am asking you to pray for me every day that God will keep my pastor in his right mind. Amen. Keep his feet on the ground. Amen. Keep his feet planted. I'm gonna tell you, that's how I pray for the leaders that are in my life. Amen, I can repeat my prayer if you'd like. Amen, I say, Lord, help their feet not to slip. Amen, and let their mind always be stayed on this message. That's how I pray for the men that are leaders in my life. I'm, going, I'm being very honest with you, Lord, tonight. I pray for them. Lord, touch their heart. Amen, don't let their feet slide. Don't let their minds change, but hold them, Lord. Hold them, Lord. Praise God. I think we ought to clap our hands. God <clears throat> praise God but because there is because there are so many things that are preached and taught today we have to be patient with people amen I, I feel as though to some respects I'm preaching to the choir so I'm taking a little more liberty tonight amen but we have to be patient with people amen teaching Jesus has, has always had the ability to upset Always, from the beginning of time. <laughs> Acts 5 and 28. Amen, this is about the early revival in Pentecost. Acts 5 and 28, he said, did, we, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with this doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Amen, this, the rulers of Israel were upset at the apostles because they began to preach the name of Jesus and they said, we have commanded you not to preach in that name. But they didn't listen, they just continued to preach. Amen, and by their own admission, they said, now look at the mess you've created. And now look at the mess we're in. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Amen. So they called them this meeting, called this meeting. It's what we refer to or what is referred to as called the Sanhedrin Council or the court. Amen. They misunderstood something very, very important right here. Amen. They misunderstood that Jesus is the only name you can teach in. Acts 4 and 12 tells us, amen, that, it's, that there is no other name in heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
Amen. It's the only thing you can teach, friend. Amen. We got to get our hands on this. We got to get our hands on this. We got to get our heart on this. We need to get our mind around this, our feet planted in this, our shoulders leaning against this. Hallelujah. Amen. It is important. There is no other name, the name of Jesus. What else are you going to teach if you take away Jesus? Amen, that's the only thing you can teach. He said in Acts 5 and 28, and behold, the high priest said, you have filled Jerusalem with this. Amen, that ought to be the charge against every church. Look at the mess you've created. You have filled this community with the power of Jesus' name. Amen, you have filled this city with the power of Jesus' name. Amen, our youth ought to be charged. You have filled this schoolhouse with the power of Jesus' name. Our, our employers ought to be able to charge us and say, you have filled this business with the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe what I'm preaching tonight with every fiber of who I am or I would have the good sense to put this mic down and go home. We ought to fill the world with the name of Jesus because that's the only saving name. When you are in trouble, there is no need to call on the name of your doctor. When you are in trouble, there is no need to call on the name of the leading surgeon of this world. If we're in trouble, we need to call on J-E-S-U-S. Amen. If we need surgery, he needs to guide that hand. If we need an attorney, he needs to stand in the courthouse. If we need a judge, he needs to sit on the bench with a judge. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is the sweetest name that I know. There's an interesting passage of scripture in Mark 7 and 7. He said, how be it in vain do they worship me? Just think about that. In vain do they worship me. They have sang until their voices are hoarse. They have played until their fingers are numb. They have clapped until their hands are nigh into bleeding. They have wept until tears will no longer rise. He said, but in vain you have worshiped me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I mean, if you're just teaching the opinion of men, you're worshiping me in vain. That's some strong teaching. Amen. Pretty frightening. Because people may do, be doing what they do and they may be faithful and they may be doing it with great intentions and they may do it a long time and they may be sincere in what they're doing, but you can be sincerely wrong. I have been going down, sincerely going down the wrong road. I have sincerely been going east when I should have been going west. I have sincerely been going the wrong way, sincerely. But that, just because I was sincere, did not get me to the destination. Somewhere I had to turn around. I had to turn around. Amen. So my sincerity, my faithfulness, is not going to help me. In the end, Jesus said, it's just going to be in vain. Thirdly, I'm on my third point, and there's only 15, so if you're counting. My third point, <laughs> we must earnestly contend for the doctrine. I hate to number things because people always track you down. Amen. But we earnestly contend for the doctrine. In Jude 3, in Jude 3, Jude is writing just after the temple has been destroyed in Jerusalem. He said, Beloved, 
when when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. So it's needful because it's important. So Jew was saying, I need to urge you to earnestly contend for the faith. I'm 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 gonna speak to a few of our seniors here tonight, and I relate to some of them. It seemed like, this may just be how it seemed, but I think it may seem that way to you. But it seemed like when I was young, it didn't matter where a preacher, what he took for a text or where he started, he wound up. (laughs) Preaching Acts 2.38 and blah, blah, blah. Always wound up in doctrine. That's the truth. It just... And I, I do know that many ministers were even kind of noted for that and not, not in someone making light of that, but they, they were just noted for that. that did, it didn't matter where they started or what their main topic was before they come in for a land. And I'm trying to think of Christy Thompson's grandfather's name, Brother Gamlin, Brother W. Gamlin. And uh, Brother Gamlin was one of those men who was just noted for that. He was a great conference speaker, camp meeting speaker, preached all over the fellowship. But it just didn't matter where he started preaching. He was going to, when he, before he came in for a landing, he was going to come through doctrine. But that's what put us here. That's what got our feet on the ground. He said, you need to earnestly contend for the faith. And so he said, I want to urge you to contend. Contend means to strive, struggle. Amen, it's a contest. It's a contest, why? Because there's untruth. And so you gotta contend for the truth, earnestly contend. That means that as people of God who know the truth, we can't be passive about that. We gotta stand, amen, and put a voice and put, put strength in our voice. You can't just sit around and hope the devil is, is not gonna keep people from knowing the truth. We understand that he's gonna blind the minds of everybody that he can, so we gotta speak as loudly as we can. We've gotta earnestly contend because that's what's going to save people. He said, you're not just gonna save yourself, but you're gonna save them that he you. Amen. So we can't hide this thing. It's, this is not stealth faith or stealth doctrine. We've got to contend for the faith because it's so important. Fourthly, we, it is a, the, the scripture says it's a curse to preach any other doctrine. I mentioned this a moment ago. You can't just preach what you want to preach. Amen. You've got to get into the scripture, find the truth of God's word and preach that. Amen. Now, Galatians 1 and 8 and 9 is, is probably as strong of teaching on this as you can possibly get. But Galatians 1 and 8 and 9, Paul said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now, I've, I've repeated this before. The Bible says, Paul, this is Paul speaking, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than what we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. Now, Paul is painting with a fairly broad brush when you start talking about cursing angels. <laughs> We're not just talking about cursing a derelict somewhere. He said, but he said, if you preach any other gospel, let, 
that what's been preached to you, he said that, that let them be a curse. We are an angel be, and how the reason that Paul could speak this definitively on this is because Paul did not get this, and I'm not being cynical or unkind or throwing stones, but Paul did not get this from Bible college. He didn't get this from a Sunday school class, and I believe in all the things I'm fixing to mention. Paul didn't get this, amen, from a home Bible study. He didn't get this in a group cell meeting. Paul got this the only way, amen, the, the, in the, the most unique fashion on, his, on the way to Damascus, the Lord himself, amen, spoke to Paul in such a powerful way that it blinded him physically. It blinded him, amen. The Lord touched him and told him, amen. And when the Lord spoke to him, Paul recognized him and acknowledged him as Lord. And so Paul had such a divine experience on the road to Damascus, he could say, though we are an angel from heaven, because some angels even did fall, am I right? He said, though we are an angel from heaven, how can you say that, Paul? He said, because I heard this not from my granddaddy or from my grandmama or my mama or my daddy, but the Lord himself with his own voice gave me this. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we have a mandate upon our lives not just to preach, but to preach nothing else but this. Amen. And as we said before, so say I now, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than ye have received, let him be accursed. It's a dangerous thing when somebody walks behind a pulpit and preaches false doctrine. That's a dangerous thing. Praise God. I feel the fear of the Holy Ghost in what I just said. Amen. Of course, the gospel that they received was the same thing that was preached on the day of Pentecost. It was the same gospel that Paul preached to those believers at Ephesus. All of the New Testament scriptures are written with this gospel and this doctrine in mind. And Paul is saying if you preach anything else, it's going to be a curse to you. So just because you have good intentions doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. Amen. Jesus said this about heaven. Straight is the way. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. And he says, and few there be that find it. Then on the other hand, he said, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And he says, many are going that way. Many are going that way. I'm going to tell you, if you sit around with your ears open today, the real big question on my mind is if so few people are going to hell, why has her mouth been enlarged without measure? Somewhere there is a, there is a gap here. Amen. Somewhere there is a gap. And I'm going to tell you, Brother Rayleigh, you just said it. Amen. Amen, it is a spirit of deception in this world. A spirit of deception in this world. Amen, a spirit of deception. Think about that. A spirit of deception, so very critical. I'm gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come. Amen, finally the Bible says in Acts chapter two, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and the prayers. At the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost found in Acts 2 and 4, when people's hearts were really filled with the presence and the power of God, we're told they were filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Then Peter preached at Pentecost 
And when people ask questions in Acts 2.37, they ask, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter stood up, and I think it's imperative that you understand that this was not a one man on a single mission. But the Bible says that Peter's standing with the 11. Amen. Because I, I'm, I'm underlining that because I've had people say, well, I'd rather take the word of the Lord in Matthew 28, 19 than the word of Simon Peter in Acts 2.38. Amen. Can I tell you that Simon Peter was standing with the men that received the commission of Matthew 28, 19. Standing with the 11 said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The next verse says, for the promise is unto you and to your children to all who are far off as many, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That same day, the scripture teaches us that 3,000 hungry souls were baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism is very, very important because it is a principle that's found in the word of God. Baptism is important. So what does baptism do? It washes away our sins. Amen. That's why every sinner has to be baptized with water. Amen. Because the water is going to wash away our sins. We're baptized for the remitting of our sins, the removal of our sins. So the apostles' doctrine then not only encourages repentance, but it, it also tells us that we need to be baptized in water. Amen. We need to be immersed in water, not sprinkled. We need to be baptized. Amen. They were baptized that day. And every other mention of baptism where it is actually carried out is baptized. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or in the name of the Lord. Amen. They continued steadfastly in this. The definition of steadfast is firmly fixed in place, firmly planted, immovable not subject to change, firm in belief and determination and adherence, loyal, steadfast, steadfast. We're looking for the Lord to come at any time. Understand that. But I want to tell you that if the Lord should tarry, my prayer is that the message of this pulpit would never change. Steadfast. Now, the only way that we're going to ensure that is we can't grow passive about this thing. I'm not talking about being mean-spirited. I hope I've covered all that enough. But somewhere there has got to be a compassion, a compelling, rather, amen, a compelling of the Word of God to be preached. Let it be preached. And so what we need to think, what we need for the two things that we need for that to be have any hope of, of making it is we need pulpits that will continue to preach it and we need pews that will continue to receive it amen and so I say God let the red hot coal the fire of the altar let it touch our lips amen <laughs> let it touch our hearts then they that gladly received, they that gladly heard. Amen. There's something, there's something in that 
scripture and those expressions that lets us know this is why the Spirit of God moved because somebody had a hungry heart. Somebody readily received it. Somebody said, preach on, preach on, preach on. Amen. I'm not saying this to bait you. I'm just making a point here. But I'm telling you what we need in our day is not people looking at their wristwatch to find out what time it is. But what you need is people that are so intently watching for the preacher to close his Bible so they can stand and say no. (laughs) Don't stop preaching now. Don't stop preaching now. I'm not baiting you. I'm just saying that, amen, we need to be trying to figure out how we can get in this book and get more of this book in us. Amen. Paul preached into the night. Yes, he did. Amen. One poor old soul fell out of the window, fell asleep, fell out of the window. Paul had to stop preaching, go out and raise him from the dead. <laughs> well, we had things going pretty good because everybody thought we was closing and now you're thinking this is just an, uh, an intercession or, or, or intermission, <laughs> intermission. Amen. Let the spirit of God speak to our heart. Can we love him? Amen. Where you are, let's worship the Lord in this song. Amen. This is, he's everything to us. Amen. He is everything to us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.